welcome uh, to River Ridge. Glad you're here. If you're watching online, welcome to you as well. Uh, if you missed last week, uh, we are starting this uh, series called Relevant, where we're going to go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end. Uh, and we kicked it off last week. Uh, and I tell you, I was so encouraged uh, last week and through the week, just as people mentioned to me how they're excited to do this and how they're starting to read and, and what they're learning. And I was just, I was super just encouraged because it seems like 2023 is going to be a time when we go all in uh, with this reading through the Bible. And, you know, as I've been kind of reflecting on this and, and thinking about what is this year going to look like with relevant and going through the Bible in 2023, I really think that this year, 2023, has the potential to be a milestone year in the life of River Ridge Church. And, you know, there's things that we look back on, you know, and we look back on, and depending on how long you've been around, you maybe you were a part of it, you heard people talk about, you know, back when we were in the theater or the Beyond Ourselves campaign, or, you know, back when we all gave away our shoes that Sunday morning, or when we started our West Side Initiative, or the first time we did the churches left the building. We have these sort of things that we look back on and say, those were significant milestones in the life of River Ridge Church. And I really think that going through the Bible this year in 2023 is going to be one of those milestones that in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years, we're going to look back and go, that changed us. That changed us as a church. That changed me as an individual. And, and so because of that, I encourage you to really go all in with this, is to make sure you're listening to every sermon that happens on a Sunday morning, to read through the relevant devotion, to do that, and to really go all in. If you weren't here last week, let me catch you up real quickly. Um, we are going through the Bible from beginning to end, uh, and we're doing that not so that we can check a box, not so that we can say that we did it, not so that we just have knowledge, but we're going through the Bible from beginning to end because we want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus in the whole thing that our eyes would be opened. And last week we looked at a passage from Luke chapter 24, and there's a story where these two guys, disciples of Jesus, were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, uh, but Jesus began to walk with them, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And what Jesus does in this conversation is he takes them through the entire Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, and he talks about all the things in the Old Testament that pointed to who the Messiah would be. Now, they didn't know they were walking right next to the Messiah, but towards the end of it, it says, and their eyes were open. And that's what we want. We want our eyes to be open to the fullness of who Jesus is. And so we think as we go through the Bible that that is going to happen. And so there's basically three ways to jump in on this. One is to be a part of the Sunday morning sermons. And if you're not here, please watch online or listen later. Uh, the second is to get a reading guide. My wife, Stacy held that up earlier. We've got some more out in the lobby. Uh, we ordered a ton of those. Um, there's maybe 50 left. We're going to reorder uh, for next week with the correct spelling. Um, and then uh, the other part that a lot of folks are doing is many of our life groups are going through um, the Bible as well, kind of following the reading plan and discussing that as they go along. So I encourage you uh, to be a part of all of that and to go all in. So let's pray as we look into God's Word today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much um, for this morning and uh, just this opportunity to look into your word. I pray, God, that you would teach us, that you would show us, that you would help us to see the things in here that you want us to know and to understand this morning. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So, a funny thing about myself, um, I, at least I think it's funny, or I don't think it's funny, I'm not sure what I think about it, I don't like it, um, is, so, there's th- sometimes you see things about yourself that you don't always see, right? And that, that, that video that you saw, I saw something about myself that I don't see very often. So, when I look in a mirror, I see my face, and I'm, I'm, and I'm used to seeing my face, but when, like, there's a picture of me from behind or a video like that, I have this bald spot, which you guys all know, because when I read, you see it, but I got this bald spot, and I just, I don't like it, and, you know, when I see it, I'm like, oh, there's that bald spot. Now, the front of my face, I've gotten used to that. Like, I realize I have a peninsula of a hairline here and a receding hairline. I've gotten used to that, but I don't see the, the bald spot very often, and I'm like, whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, where did that come from? There's other things that I don't like about myself, right? So, like, I'm, I'm too short. Like, we have chips in one of our cabinets that when they get pushed to the back, I have to get a step stool to reach the chips in my own cabinet. It's kind of embarrassing, right? And here's the other thing about me is my left shoulder is about an inch lower than my right shoulder, right? You'll never be able to unsee that. And I'm like, I don't, I, 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 I don't like it, right? Now, if we went around the room and we polled and surveyed every one of you, all of you would be able to tell something about your own body that you don't like. You know, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too skinny, I'm, I'm too heavy, I'm, you know, whatever it might be, You've got some, you can kind of see things about your face, your hands, or whatever it is, you would pick out some things you're like, I don't really like that, right? And those are the external things, and we can laugh at it a little bit, but my guess is that if we were to kind of look at the insides and be a little bit honest and a little bit vulnerable, there's some things about ourselves on the insides that we don't like or we get a little frustrated with or that we wish that we were different. You know, I'm, I'm too emotional, I have no filter between my brain and my mouth. I wish I felt things more deeply, but I'm just, I don't, I'm not that emotional. I wish I was more emotional. Or, I, you know, I, I wish I was more outgoing. I just, I'm just kind of reserved. I wish I was more outgoing. Or maybe the reverse is, hey, why do I always have to be around people? Why am I not comfortable being with myself? You know, why do I worry so much? Why does nothing bother me? You know, and we have these different things. We look inside that we're a little bit, different things where we go, I just kind of wish I wasn't made this way. This morning we're starting in Genesis 1, and I began with us, as I talked about us and some of the things about ourselves that maybe we don't like so much, but Genesis starts with God. But then towards the end of Genesis 1, goes from God to us. And I want to start there as our bottom line, and this is the bottom line. I am made in the image of God. All of us are made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God, but Genesis doesn't start with us. Genesis starts with God. It says this, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the of the waters. Now, when we go through the Bible, you know, we tend to pick up the Bible and we look at it and we say, well, this is God's instruction manual for me on how to live life. And it does that. Or we look at the Bible and say, you know, this is 
the story of God's people and from beginning to end. And, and to an extent, it, it does that. It tells the story of God's people. But primarily, the Bible is a story about God. It's about who God is and what God does and how he interacts with people and all different types of things. And so we look at this, and the Bible begins not with man. We don't appear till about halfway through chapter 1. It begins with God. It's God who is the creator of all things. Now, last week we talked about Jesus and this walk to Emmaus that he had with these two guys and sharing some things. And one of the things that we are, that are revealed to us in the New Testament is this. And I'm going to read you two different verses. John 1, 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That's speaking about Jesus. And it says, by him, again, that's Jesus, by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And so we see that Jesus was present even at creation, that Jesus wasn't a created being that came along 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was present at creation. All things were created by him and through him and for him. And then we get to verse 3. It says this, and it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, in going through Genesis 1, there's a question that we need to at least ask and address. I don't know that we're not going to answer it today. But a question that comes up when you go through Genesis uh, chapter 1 is the question of, when it talks about days, is it a literal 24-hour day, or does that mean something else, right? And a couple important things to remember uh, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, the most important thing is this, is Genesis 1 is a story, and the whole Bible, that's kind of why I started with this, Genesis chapter 1 is the story of who, not how, right? The star of the story is, is God, as God as the creator. And so Genesis 1 is written to tell us who created the earth, not necessarily how the earth was created. And so it wasn't written as a scientific textbook. It wasn't written as a history book. And so when it comes to the view of Genesis 1 and a day, and is that a little 24-hour day or that kind of thing, there are all different opinions on that, right? And one of the things that I love about River Ridge Church uh, and I think this is probably one of the things that you like as well, is that we are a church that majors on the majors and lets the minors be minors, right? And so things that are important in major, we, we major on those, and things that are less important, we allow to, you know, we don't make everybody believe the same thing. And so when it comes to Genesis chapter 1, there are some here who believe that this is a literal seven days, a literal 24-hour seven days, Right? And, and actually, I was in my men's group this week, and we were talking about there, and there's people that, that held to that role, and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow in our home group, and there'll be probably people there as well. And then there's people kind of on the other end of the spectrum, and it is kind of a spectrum, who would hold to something which is sometimes called theistic evolution. And that's that God had his hand in evolving the earth over all these years, and people and animals and all over these thousands and millions of years, right? And, and both of those views 
you can kind of approach and still be faithful to what God's Word says. And, and so I share that in, in the sense of it's a thing that as a church, I don't want this to divide us. Like, I kind of like talking about this. I was actually at lunch on Friday with some friends, and we were yakking it up and talking and just kind of nuancing some different things out. And um, later this spring, I'm going to teach a theology class uh, on Old Testament theology, and we'll talk about this. Uh, But I want to just kind of leave it there and say, no matter what you believe on this, the important thing is the who, not the how. And again, we can discuss the how and, and all the kind of ins and outs of the Greek la- or the, excuse me, the Hebrew language and all of that stuff at some future date. But I want us to understand that the major is the who and the minor is the how. So back to the first day, it, God said, and God said, let there be light. So I want to show you a picture here. And this is a picture of light. And this is the aurora borealis or sometimes called the... Um, uh, sometimes called the Northern Lights. Uh, and I just look at that picture, and I've never seen this personally, but I just look at the beauty of that picture. And if I was there, like, in, I would sit there for hours and look at that. It's just amazing. And God created light. And about the light, God said, it is good. And I look at that, and I go, that is absolutely beautiful. I would love to see that someday, that light that God created in that way. Then verse 6. said, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that are under the expanse from the waters that are above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. God created the waters, the oceans, the seas on those on that day. And you know, one of the things as I um, interact with people, sometimes in a small group setting, all our life group, I'll say, where is your happy place? Where do you find peace? And almost every time I ask that question, someone will say, man, when I'm at the ocean, I just feel the peace of God. Or when I'm at this lake, I feel the peace of God. I want to show you another picture here think, there we go, um, of water. And I think about water and just the beauty of water and the shades of blue and the shades of green that come in water and just the serenity that comes from that. And about that, God said that was good. Then in verse 9, And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And so on the third day, God created the dry land, the beautiful earth that we have. Here's a picture. This is a canyon in uh, Arizona. It's called uh, Antelope Canyon. And I, I've, I have not seen this, found the picture on the internet. But again, I look at that, and I go, that is amazingly beautiful. You know, and one day I'd love to walk through that canyon and just behold the beauty and the majesty of that canyon and of God's creation in that place. And God looked at that and God said, that is good. Then verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night 
and let them be signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Here's a picture of a sunrise. And I tell you, a sunrise is absolutely beautiful, and a sunset likewise is beautiful. And, you know, when, you, when you're in that beautiful place with the mountains or overlooking an ocean, you see the sun come up or the sun go down. It is beautiful, and the colors that it creates on the horizon. And God looked at that, and God said, it is good. And I look at that, and I go, man, that is absolutely beautiful. Verse 21, and God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth, above the expanse of the heavens. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So I'm going to show you a picture here. And I had, I'm not going to show it yet, but there was like, I had all kinds of things to choose from as we talk about birds and we talk about fish. And there are all kinds of birds and fish and just creative, neat stuff. Uh, but here's the one that I picked, right? This is the white margin stargazer, right? He's a mean, nasty looking thing, isn't he? And um, so, but the, anybody familiar with the white margin stargazer? Anybody seen one? Anybody fish tank in your swimming pool? Yeah, so here's the cool thing about this, right? Is the organs of the white fish stargazer are electrified, Right? electric organs, and so when it gets to its prey, it sends 50 volts of electricity through that thing and kills it to stun its prey. Like, that's pretty cool, right? Like, that is, that's just, that is cool. And you know what God said about that? It's good. Mm, crazy, nasty, and good. Verse 24, and God said, let the Earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Again, lots of pictures, lots of things to choose from. Uh, I found this one. I thought it wasn't even a real thing until I looked into it. This is called a pangolin. Anybody ever heard of these things? Okay, so this is actually a mammal, the only mammal or one of the few mammals that have scales. Um, Interesting thing about the pangolin, uh, and it's not like, it kind of looks big up there. It's not like life size. I mean, it's, no, it's not life size. It's not that big. It's not like eight feet tall. It's like about this big, I think. Um, But here's the thing is they eat... 70 million ants and termites a year. Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot. That's like just sucking them up on a straw or something. Um, And they also, they're kind of interesting because they walk on their hind legs. Uh, And I just, again, I think that is cool looking. And God said about this animal and so many other animals, it is good. And so you look through the first six days of creation, and there's a pattern that occurs there, that on the first day, he makes something. He, he creates the space. And then on the fourth day, he fills it. Well, on the second day, he makes the space. And on the fifth day, he fills that. And on the third day, he makes the space, the land. And on the sixth day, he fills that. And about halfway through the sixth day, almost everything is made. The sun, the moon, the water, the fish, the lions, the tigers, the bears. And then there's one more thing that's created. Verse 26. <clears throat> says, then God said, let us make man in our image, 
after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Hang on a second. We're back. Okay. You could have coughed there if you felt the need to. But here's the thing that I want us to see here. He says, let us make God in our own image. And I think back to the road to Emmaus. The two disciples, they're walking with Jesus. He's talking about how the Messiah and everything in the Old Testament points to the Messiah. And I wonder, and I suspect he did, but I wonder, did he point to this first verse in the book of Genesis? Because it says, let us make man in our image. That Jesus was present at that time. It's not let me, let I, I will. It's let us, that Jesus was present in that time. Now, all along, God creates and God makes. He makes all of these things and he says it's good. The land, it's good. The water, it's good. The fish, it's good. The llamas, it's good. The dogs, it's good. Even the cats, he says, are good. But then he says something after he creates man. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. That when God makes man, it changes from good to very good. You see, everything else was just good. Woodpeckers, golden retrievers, clownfish, even things like poison ivy and mosquitoes and jellyfish. I don't like them, but God says that they are good. But about man and about woman, God says they are very good. Because man and woman are made in the image of God. That we are made in the image of God. Meaning that we have reason, we have the ability to choose. That we are creative beings like God is a creative being. That we're a reflection of his morality that we have an understanding and a sense of right and wrong. And that socially we are created for a relationship as God was in a relationship with himself, with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to grasp from this is that all of these things that we look at, we go, that is good. God says that is good. But God looks at you and he says, you are very good. Because I can look at God's creation and it is amazing. But God looks at the creation of a sunset as compared to me, as compared to you, and the sunset is good, and you are very good. Why? Because you are created in the image of God. And because of that, there's a couple of implications. I want to share three implications with you real quick here. The first is this. I'm made in the image of God, so I will notice God's creation. And I showed you these pictures over the course of the sermon this morning because I want you to be in awe of God's beauty. And I think we need to do that and say, man, that's amazing that God did this or that God made creatures this way. But when we do that, also look at that beautiful thing and say, but I am made in the image of God. That tree, that dog, that whatever is good, but God says, I am very good. You are very good in his image, in his eyes. Here's the second. I am made in the image of God, so I care for creation. 
So after God uh, declares man in his image and, and makes everything, he gives them this instruction. It says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves along the earth. That God created all of this, but then he says that we are to care for it. We are to have dominion over it. We are in charge of all of this. And that may look different, and we can argue and discuss what that looks like in terms of caring for creation, but that's what we were designed to do. God says, I made you, I made the creation, and you're to have dominion over it. You are to lead it. You are to care for it. And here's the last one. I am made in the image of God, so I am loved just the way that I am. You are made in the image of God, and God loves you just the way that you are. That doesn't mean that you're perfect. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to change and become more in the image of Christ. But God created you just the way that you are, and he loves you just the way that you are. Bald spot and all. I want to give you kind of an illustration of this, and uh, I need a volunteer. Duncan Bishop. You have been waiting to volunteer. All, it's real easy. I ju- no, no, stay there. Please stay there. <laughs> okay, here's what I need from you, Duncan. I just need you to give me a number between one and four. Three. Three. Okay, good answer. Okay, so that, uh, I have four children, right? And so Duncan selected number three, and so that is child number three, and his name is Will. Here's a picture of Will. Now, let me tell you about Will. (laughs) You picked a good one, Duncan. Um, Will drives too fast, like too fast. It was a bad day when we caught him driving really fast on our Life 360. Um, He's also kind of a bit cocky and a, a bit worldly in the sense that he's convinced and somewhat vocal that he's going to have the best-looking wife of his brothers, right? So that, that's, that's Will. Like, just so you know, like, he's got some, some shortcomings. Um, and he's not a great driver either. He swerved and messed up his car over brake. Um, but you know what? I love Will. I love Will with all of my heart. And he was created in my image. He bears my image. Right? There's this weird thing that happens in the Santon family that when I go from someplace dark to someplace light, I sneeze, and so do my four kids. Doesn't happen with Does anybody else have that weird hereditary? Yeah, I've never met anybody else that does it. But, oh, oh two back there. Maybe we're related. Let's check the genealogy, <laughs> right? But I walk outside, you know, and I sneeze, and Will walks out behind me, and he sneezes. He is made in my image. And he may be a little bit cocky. He's not a great driver sometimes. But man, I love him because he is made in my image, flaws and all. And God loves you because you are made in his image. And he loves you, flaws and all. I want to give you a moment just for this to sink in. And I'd ask you just to, to bow your heads for a moment. And I want to share a few verses with you. And as I share these verses with you, I just want you to listen to them and to hear this truth being spoken over you. 
you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. You are holy. You are blameless. You are a child of God. You are adopted into God's family. You are forgiven. You are a temple of God. You are God's workmanship. You are made in the image of God. I'm going to read these same verses again. Encourage you just keep your eyes closed and just allow this to wash over you. I'm going to read it in the I form. And maybe even whisper these words to yourself. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I was chosen in him before the foundation of the world. I am holy. I am blameless. I am a child of God. I am adopted into God's family. I am forgiven. I am a temple of God. I am God's workmanship. I am made in the image of God. Heavenly Father, these are true of us because we are made in your image. God, I pray that we would believe these things, that we would walk through life knowing that we are created and made in your image and in your likeness. And we would live the purpose that you have for us. And God, in those times when we don't feel very loved, when we don't feel great about who we are, that we would look and we would see your creation. And your creation is good, but about us you say that we are very good. Let us live in that truth. Let it line our hearts and our brains and our souls within us. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.